And I did some research to find out if anyone was teaching how to get school contracts. And in the back of my mind, I knew that there was no one because I myself had to teach myself how to get these contracts. I didn't have a coach or a mentor or there was no blog or anything that I read to get the information. I had to do research. I had to figure it out. And so in one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of for speech therapy, I asked if anyone would be interested in learning how to secure school contracts. And the response was overwhelming. There were hundreds of people who said they were interested and provided their email address. And so I put together a curriculum. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA-certified speech-language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. Today, I am joined by Ebony Green, a speech-language pathologist and a former K-12 teacher. Ebony started her private practice in 2019 and was able to secure contracts with several schools and double her practice revenue within the first two years of being in business. Since Ebony became an entrepreneur, she has always helped other private practitioners along the way. As a former educator, Ebony is passionate about teaching and sharing resources with others. In 2021, Ebony was named an ASHA Distinguished Early Career Professional based on her work in the platform she built to help other SLPs learn how to become successful business owners. Today, Ebony has contracts with dozens of schools in Arizona, her company contracts with various schools, including private schools, public schools, and charter schools. Ebony leads a team of 30 therapists and serves as the CEO of her private practice, CASA Speech and Development Services. Now that we've got all that covered, let's get started. Hi, Ebony. Thank you so much for coming. This is such an honor to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast. I've heard of your podcast before. I've had colleagues who were guests on the podcast, so I'm really excited to be here. Oh, great. I'm glad that they had a good experience. So does that bio cover everything or is there anything else you want to share before we dive into our topic about school contracts? Well, I think you pretty much covered everything. I will say that, you know, I've obviously been growing and I've secured a few more contracts along the way. But everything was pretty much captured in that intro. So thank you for for that wonderful introductory message to all of your listeners. And yeah, I'm ready to get started. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, your story is just really inspiring and I'm eager to learn more about the whole school contracts process. So what was it like transitioning from a district employee to securing your first school contract, your very first one? Well, it was a transition that I was not ready for. Let me just say that. I was not anticipating leaving a district job, I thought that that was going to be my career, was working for a district for several years, retiring from a district, and kind of taking that school therapist track right out of graduate school. However, you know, things didn't necessarily pan out that way. And while in the moment of me experiencing having to quit my district job and pivot, um, I was, you know, 
I wasn't really sure if if it was going to work out for me as a speech pathologist at that time. I realized that, you know, there was definitely a blessing in disguise in that entire situation, which I'll go into more detail about, but wasn't a transition that I was anticipating would take place um, so soon in my career or if I'm going to be honest at all, because I, I thought that I was going to work for a district for a while. Basically, what happened was I was at a school job and it was supposed to be a part time job. I selectively looked for part time positions so that I could enjoy not only being a new SLP, but also being a mom. I have two children. And at that time, I had a kindergartner and a toddler. So I really wanted to have an equal balance of being a career woman, but also being a mother. And I know that, you know, that equal balance doesn't exist regardless of, you know, what field you're in, but I wanted to have something as close to a balance as I could have. And so having a part-time job working for a school actually seemed perfect. The hours, you know, were good. Being able to have two days off a week to enjoy going to the park with my son and taking my daughters to the library were all kind of things that were enticing about that job. But what I ended up realizing very soon into the school year was that although it was a part-time job on paper, it was a full-time workload. And the workload required me to work extra hours outside of the three days a week that I was getting paid for, outside of the three days a week that I was on campus. And so all of that that extra time that I thought I would get to enjoy with my children, I was doing work at home. And so that is really what drove me to seek something different. And I had already decided, you know, that staying in that school was not going to be an option for me. I wasn't really interested in going to another school and possibly running into the same scenario. And so I started working on establishing my own practice and having that flexibility of seeing patients when I wanted to see them, having time off when I wanted to have time off. And eventually I learned that I could also work in the schools on my own terms as a contract therapy provider. So I actually secured a contract with a private school while I was working on my private practice and building my clientele. And that contract allowed me to see that there were options to work in a setting that I really enjoyed working in because I was a teacher before. So I liked working in the schools, but I just didn't like all of the extra work that I was taking home and all of the unrealistic expectations that were being placed upon me. So when I got that contract, I realized that I could have the flexibility of, you know, that work-life balance that I wanted, but also work in the school setting. And so I was there three days a week. I did all of my paperwork from home. I wasn't, you know, having to do duties after school and after school meetings till 4.30, 5 o'clock when I'd already been at school for eight hours. And everything that I worked on, I was compensated for. I, I build for my time, for everything that I did for the school. So it was a win-win for me. And that is how the transition took place. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like you got the best of both worlds in the end. And kudos to you for advocating for yourself. But it almost was like a necessity, right? Like there was no way that you could have kept going on with the way that they, or the position that they had put you in, which is a position that a lot of SLPs, unfortunately, are put in. So just having you come on today and show people that there is another way. Like if you enjoy that setting, you can still work in that setting, but on your terms, flexibility, freedom, and with the compensation that you actually deserve. So I'm super excited about this. 
Yes, yes, definitely. And I and, and I just want to say that, you know, I'm not here to tell people who work in district jobs that all district jobs are horrible, that they need to quit. What I am saying is that if you're in a job where you feel like you don't have any other options, know that you do. You do have other options. One of those options could be going independent and independently contracting your services with a district that is in desperate need of a therapist to come in and provide services. A lot of times districts either don't have the budget or they don't have the resources to find good SLPs to provide services due to a variety of factors. It could be that they're in a rural area. It could be that they're a small school, so they don't have a budget for a full-time therapist. So you can really, you know, find out if there are opportunities outside of, you know, the big district jobs where they promise you all of the benefits and, you know, the retirement and all of the the things that, you know, attract us to those jobs. But then we end up being in situations where we're overworked, we're underpaid. You know, you couldn't pay me enough to go back into a situation like what I was in before, even if they would have, you know, doubled my salary. It was my peace of mind and being able to have the the work-life balance that I was seeking, that I was looking for. And, and you can't put a price on that, in my opinion. So don't say in those jobs where you feel like you're stuck. And if you feel like there are no other options, please know that there are. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's so important for people to know that it doesn't have to be this way, like forever, that there's other options too. And if you like your job, it's perfectly fine to love it too. Yeah, I know a lot of people when I was working in the school too really enjoyed it and then others didn't. So, yeah. you know, to each his own. So tell us about the process of starting a private practice from the bottom up. I'm like in that boat right now. So I'm like going to be eagerly taking notes. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Thank it's you. So exciting. Yeah. I started my private practice, as I mentioned, shortly after I left the schools as a district employee. I always have to say, left as a district employee because I still am involved in the schools, but just not working for a district. But I started that process when I decided that I wanted to have more flexibility. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to create a bigger impact. And I wanted to um, just do more in general. I felt like I was made for more. And so, you know, sitting behind a desk, doing paperwork all day, not really even having a chance to you know, work with students because I was just doing paperwork to to stay caught up, you know, the three days a week that I was at that school. It just wasn't what I envisioned. And what was enticing about private practice was being able to build my dream job. And I started out seeing patients in the homes. I was driving to homes six days a week. I did work on the weekends. At the beginning, I was hustling. I wanted to get that caseload built so that I could replace my school salary and eventually got to that point. And then I started to grow and I started to realize that I can't see all of the people that need services. So I need to hire someone. And I hired a, a SLP. I hired an SLPA and we just continue to get more and more referrals. Then I started to get contracts with school districts. And as I mentioned, my first contract was with a private school. So that private school contract was then my, you know, my new caseload. So all of the patients that I was seeing in homes had to get assigned to a new therapist. And so it was just, you know, this thing that I started because I was looking for certain things that I wasn't able to get in my old job. 
at the school and eventually was able to grow to where we are today. We now have um, 30 therapists at the practice. We provide services in a variety of settings, including homes, schools. We have a clinic. We do teletherapy. And we are also multidisciplinary. So over the past four years, I have added additional services because a lot of our patients come to us and they ask if we have music therapy or feeding therapy. So we've added those services in order to provide access to all of our, our patients to the care that they need. So the name of my practice is CASA, which stands for Comprehensive Accessible Services for All. And every Thing that I've done in my private practice to grow it has always been attached to that name, providing comprehensive care, accessibility to everyone, and services for all. You know, we want to have services that um, can meet the needs of any client. And so that's just kind of how I started it, really by creating that caseload that would replace my school salary and then scaling and saying yes to opportunities to add additional service offerings and to expand our network and to increase our impact in the community. It's incredible. And how many, I don't know if you said this, but what was like the span of time? You know, you said in the last four years, you've become more multidisciplinary. So at what point did you start your private practice and how long has it been now? So I started my private practice four years ago. In February, it will be four years. So it's been three years and 11 months on the day that we recorded this podcast. It just shows you the need, right, for these services. And you really filled that need in your community. I mean, prior to you contracting with all of these schools, like, where were these kids getting services? You know, it's really mind boggling. (laughs) Yeah. And I can answer that. They were not receiving services. They were receiving, you know, services from temporary therapists or people that were just filling in or they weren't receiving services at all. One of our, our largest contracts is with the district where they have a lot of children in the district, but not a lot of therapists. It's in a rural area. And we came on, I think, in September of, um, was it 2019 or 20? Yeah, 2019. And so there, September, we're already two months into the school year in Arizona. We start really early. Our schools are are like a modified year-round schedule. So two months in, they still didn't have therapists. And and it was just, you know, I think something that I, I felt I couldn't say no to. I had to figure this out. And we actually started doing teletherapy with this district well before COVID. This was back in 2019 when teletherapy was just, you know, something that you heard about. You know, you would go to the ASHA conventions and and there would maybe be a few teletherapy booths there, but nothing that anyone actually had any experience doing. And so I learned in literally a couple of weeks how to do teletherapy did some research to find out, you know, what the requirements were from, you know, an ethical and legal standpoint. And once I figured out that in our state, as long as the therapist was an SLP or an SLPA who was being supervised with the SLP in person at that time, then we were able to provide the services. So we signed a contract and we still have an amazing relationship with the district today. Wow. Let me ask you, do you, I know you have, and you might talk about this, like your business suite. So you're coaching other SLPs to secure school contracts. Do you have templates as well, like for the school contracts? So my, my school contracting resources are mostly modules where I teach you and show examples of how to put together proposals 
how to look for and secure contract opportunities, how to make sure that you're invoicing correctly and, and that you're, you know, developing a relationship with the district. I don't really use a lot of templated materials. I, I give the students an opportunity to create original documents that they can then use later on when opportunities come up. So I provide examples, but in terms of templates and stuff like that, you really have to be careful. Entering a contract with the district is, you know, a contract is legally binding. And so you want to make sure that what is in your contract is executable, that what is in your contract is going to make sure that your business is protected and it needs to be something that is unique to your business and the relationship that you have with the district. That makes sense. Thank you yes. for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So when did you start the consulting and like coaching business side to help SLBs grow their businesses and why? So I started the coaching and consulting in 2020. It was during the pandemic that I noticed that a lot of therapists were having to shut their doors to their practice. And I was very fortunate that during the pandemic, my business actually had its its best year. I was two years in and I did better the second year during COVID than I did in 2019. And I was reflecting on why my business was able to grow you know, significantly during a pandemic when a lot of therapists were having to shut their doors. And it was because I had contracts with schools and schools did not shut down. Schools went virtual, but they didn't shut down. Okay. And so I was able to generate even more revenue in 2020 because I had already started teletherapy before COVID took place. And when the contract opportunities became available and they were presented to us, literally handed to us, we were able to say, yes, we had the team, we had the software, we had everything we needed to move forward with these new opportunities. And a lot of people were just learning the process of becoming a virtual therapist and doing teletherapy. So for us, it was a huge benefit to have these school contracts. And I realized that my business was essentially COVID proof because schools were not going to stop providing services. And, and these are federally mandated services in IEPs. So we can't just stop providing the services that the, the students are federally mandated to receive. And so I thought, wow, it would be very helpful for some of these people who are having to close their doors to have some school contracts that could save their business. And I did some research to find out if anyone was teaching how to get school contracts. And in the back of my mind, I knew that there was no one because I myself had to teach myself how to get these contracts. I didn't have a coach or a mentor or there was no blog or anything that I read to get the information. I had to do research. I had to figure it out. And so in one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of for speech therapy, I asked if anyone would be interested in learning how to secure school contracts. And the response was overwhelming. There were hundreds of people who said they were interested and provided their email address. And so I put together a curriculum. Thankfully, I had, you know, a background in teaching and could put together a curriculum pretty quickly. So put together the curriculum. And that is how the 
school contracting masterclass started. I remember telling one of my family members that I started doing this on the side and they said, well, aren't you creating more competition for yourself because these people now know how to get the contracts? And I said, yeah, in a sense, you know, I am creating more competition, but there's so many kids that need services and so many schools that need SLPs that I can't service all of them. So why not provide the opportunity for someone else to service these schools and and these students and at the same time be able to grow their business and provide opportunities for the SLPs out there who want to work, you know, for a small company that's going to provide them better pay and more flexibility than working for a a large district where they're not going to have some of those incentives. And so we're on year three, going on year three with me coaching and, and teaching online courses. And the program has has definitely grown. I've helped over 120 SLPs learn how to secure school contracts. Hey, hey, so really quick, if you have ever thought about jumping into private practice or just dipping your toe into private practice, taking on a few clients at a time, this is the best time ever to do it. And I'll tell you why. There are so many wait lists across the country for speech and language therapy that parents are so eager to get started, whether it's through consulting, whether it is in person or through teletherapy. They really need services for their children. And the good thing is you don't have to completely abandon ship. You can take on one two, three clients at a time, and just see if it's something you even enjoy doing. But if you are starting to specialize in a particular area and you want to see more clients for that specialty, then you can build your private practice around those type of clients, which is not something that you can do when you're working for an employer most of the time. You also deserve to get paid for the quality of work that you're doing, and you also deserve to get back to doing more therapy and doing less administrative work. I'll just share with you that I had always resisted doing private practice and I was so nervous about starting private practice, how I would get clients, how I would get reimbursed, what if clients canceled, then I wouldn't have consistent income and financial security. I was also really overwhelmed by all of the intake forms and how I would do billing, but I have been very pleasantly surprised. And there is one major program that has helped me feel more confident and at ease. It's called Simple Practice. So Simple Practice has everything you need to run your private practice from booking and scheduling to insurance and even client billing. They have an app. I do all of my soap notes and documentation within the system. I turn on automatic billing so I don't even have to think about it. And whenever I see a client, they get billed at the end of the night if we had that appointment. And whenever I start with a new client, I can send them all the intake forms directly through Simple Practice. They fill them out. It gets stored in the online portal. It's HIPAA compliant. And it sends my clients automatic reminders before our appointment. So 
I don't have to worry about confirming with them. And since I only see a few clients a couple times a week, I needed something that was budget friendly and didn't cost a lot up front because I didn't want a lot of overhead cost. And it's extremely inexpensive every month considering what value it brings to my private practice. Like their starter plan is only $29 a month. Really, really affordable for private practice, especially for someone who's just starting out. And the fact that it includes everything that you need to start a private practice, it is so worth it. Now that I've been trialing it for six months with my private practice, I feel extremely comfortable talking about it, recommending it. So if you're interested in trialing it, then use the link in the show notes because not only will you get the 30-day free trial, but then if you decide to sign up, then you'll get the first month free. And I promise you it is so worth it if you are getting into private practice. Okay, that's all I have to say about Simple Practice. It's amazing. It has been a game changer in my private practice and it has taken a huge weight off of my back and made me feel less intimidated and stressed about running a private practice. And you totally need it if you are thinking about going out on your own. And kudos to you because that takes a huge leap of faith. Now let's get back to the show. I've helped people get contracts while they're in their CF year. I've helped people get contracts that live in one state and have gotten contracts in another state. I've helped people get one contract that's led to multiple contracts. So I, I'm very um, blessed just to know that, you know, people are benefiting from this information. It was a lot of work to put this curriculum and this program together, but I'm seeing so many people get the freedom that they want, the pay that they want. and that just confirms to me that, you know, I'm doing the right thing, walking my purpose, and the information that I'm putting out there is full, and it's helping people reach their goals and their careers. Yeah. You're definitely walking your purpose. That's all I could think about. It was like everything led, one thing led to another, like everything kind of went full circle, yes. like you're teaching again. I love that. That's amazing. So what are your tips for balancing entrepreneurship and being an SLP? Well, I think we have to realize that we can be both, but you have to have systems in your business that are going to allow you to be both. So in my business, I have a team and my team handles a lot of the administrative stuff that used to be my job way back, you know, when I started this practice almost four years ago, I was doing everything. I mean, I was, I was the HR person. I was the intake coordinator. I was the therapist, I was, you know, everything. I was the the facilities manager replacing supplies or what have you. Now, I don't have to do all of those things. I still have a very busy schedule. I'm still booked, you know, from the time I start work till the time I end my day. But that's really out of, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do now is because we're continuing to grow and I'm choosing to take on new opportunities. I could easily say, you know what, I'm just going to stop right now and, you know, we'll just stay where we are. But I believe that there's more work to be done. I believe that there are more schools that we can partner with and there's more clients that we can help. So, you know, I've replaced basically some of that early admin stuff with more CEO type stuff, but we can do both. And I do still go out there and I do still do still evaluate sometimes. I'm a bilingual SLP, which I don't know if I put that in my intro, but I get a lot of requests for bilingual evals. 
So I do go out and do those just to kind of, you know, stay connected to the work that I do as an SLP. But really, you have to set up your business to allow you to have both the entrepreneur experience and the SLP experience. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't see that you're mentioned that you were a bilingual therapist in the intro, but I remember watching your Instagram story and you were doing an evaluation. I was like, wow, she's like really in her business. And I love that. I'm sure that for your employees, that's nice for them because they know that you can relate to what's going on, you know, in the world of speech language pathology and your current like work settings. Mm -hmm. That's great. So... I want to talk a little bit more about the school contracting masterclass. Is that a rolling enrollment? Is it a few times a year? How does that work? So it is offered three to four times a year. It really just depends on how busy I am (laughs) in my private practice, but it's usually three to four times a year. And it is a a five-week class where we walk through everything you need to know about securing a contract. Um, I do provide opportunities for people who are taking the course to really get the experience of walking through that journey of putting together proposals for districts. We also work on your marketing and making sure that you're you have all the tools that you need to, you know, to execute when these contracts become available or, you know, when one falls in your lap. One of my contracts came to me when I wasn't expecting it. I didn't even go out there and look for this contract and it it just fell in my lap. So even if you're not, you know, sure if you're going to get a contract, you know, next year or in six months or whenever, it's still nice to be able to have the tools to negotiate with districts, to even have the conversation, to even be at the table. Because a lot of times you have, you know, that first impression that you can make with the district if they reach out to you, maybe they saw your website and they were they're looking for someone in your area to do a speech or OT and they ask to have a conversation with you and you freeze. You don't know what to say or, you know, you freak out. That can be their first and only impression of you as an SLP or as a business owner. So you want to have the confidence to go into these conversations. You want to have that background knowledge and you want to have the support of other people that can help you if you do get in a uh, situation where you feel overwhelmed by the possibility of meeting with a school director. So we do have a community as well that all of the students and alumni get to participate in. And they talk about, you know, their new contracts that they've won. They they talk about contracts that they're negotiating. You know, they talk about the different opportunities that are available. So it's a nice way to just have support and to get coaching from someone who's done this multiple times, not all of my contracts get approved. You know, there are some that that get rejected. And so I share that in the group. I share both wins and losses. And we just really walk uh, down, you know, that path together. And, and everyone is really there to support each other. It's not competitive. We are really there to help each other win. I love that so much. When is your next masterclass? Do you know? It's scheduled right now for March of 2023. Okay. We are hoping to invite a new cohort to sign up. I usually keep my cohorts to about 20 to 30 students. And the reason why is because, again, there's more than just you watching the content. It is a hybrid class. So you get to watch your content at your leisure. I give you a week to, you know, finish a module. And during that time, if you want to do it, you know, while you're um, 
cooking dinner or whatever. You can listen to the content. You can go back and rewatch it. But then there's two group coaching calls where we kind of do a check-in to make sure you fully understand that content and to make sure that you that you can, you know, network with the people who are in your cohort. The second time that we meet in the class is to really kind of wrap everything up. There's a big assignment that every student has to turn in. So we go over that assignment together. And then that's the end of the class. But it's five weeks. It's hybrid. I know everybody's busy. I'm busy. So, you know, you have the opportunity to to go through it at your own pace. But at the same time, you're going through it with a group of students. You're going through it with two group coaching calls with me to kind of help guide you and answer any questions. So this coming March, we are launching again. And this is kind of the one course, the one time of year where everybody wants to get in because it's the the spring when schools are really starting to actively look for those contract providers. Interesting. We've learned so much from you already today. This has been amazing. The program sounds incredible. Too bad, like you only take on such a small amount of SLVs, but I can understand why. Ebony, this has been amazing. I know this is going to inspire a lot of SLPs. There's this vacuum effect of the great resignation, SLPs leaving the schools, but still desiring to be in them, desiring to have more flexibility, have their own private practice. But like you said, the security of schools, you know, always running, always needing services. So this has been amazing. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up today? No, I think that everyone who's listening has the opportunity, you know, to get their own contract if that's what their desire is. And as I mentioned, it might not be your desire to go into being a contractor with the district. My recommendation is to work for a company where they do have contracts with districts because you are going to um, be able to leverage a lot more in terms of your salary. These contracts can be negotiated. And so your contract company owner can go to the table on your behalf and try to negotiate rates. If, you know, we have a little bit more of a voice when we are in these contracts with districts versus the other way around where, you know, the district has the contract that we signed, you know, as their employee. So go work for a company that has um, contracts with districts. Smaller companies typically, you know, they have more skin in the game. They really want to keep these school districts happy and they want to keep their therapists happy. So um, that's my recommendation. If you're really looking to get a little bit more flexibility, maybe a little bit more money for, you know, the work that you're doing, and if you're looking to go independent, there are tons of opportunities. So yeah, get educated. Don't go into it blindly. Don't try to Google it and spend hours, you know, trying to figure out all of the steps because it can be overwhelming and exhausting. And I always tell people to pay for someone else's knowledge to get you to where you want to go because you will get there faster and you will, nine times out of 10, if you hire a good coach or a good mentor, you'll have... um an amazing ROI. So that's what I want to end with. And I know that people probably want to know where they can find me. So you can find me on Instagram. I have a personal Instagram page. It's SLP Contracts Queen. And I have a business Instagram page. It's the SLP Business Suite. I hope that everyone found this interview helpful or inspiring. And I can't wait to connect with some of you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ebony. This has been fantastic and I can't wait to follow along on your journey and maybe enroll one day. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks, Benita. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, have you joined the SSU crew yet? By joining, you get access to the free goods section on our website, plus podcast updates, special event notifications, and therapy inspiration. You can sign up at bit.ly slash join SSU crew, all lowercase, or just find the link in this episode description. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot of this episode so that you can always refer back to it and share it on social media if you really love the topic. Take care and remember to always fill your speechy side cup first before you can pour into others.